You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. South Africa's consumer price inflation data has been released today by Statistics South Africa. And CPI inflation came out at 7.8% year on year and 1.5% month on month in the month of July, which is likely the peak, it says here, in the current inflation cycle. Today's print was largely affected by the sharp lift in transport costs and food price inflation, the latter reaching goodness me, that's a big one, 10.1% year on year and accounting for the largest category in the CPI basket. The author of that paragraph that I've just read you is Annabel Bishop, the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. Annabel, I don't want to be too critical here, but you say it's likely the peak. I mean, that's quite a statement because there's a lot of people that have been calling the peak in overseas inflation for many, many months now, and they're in the inflation predicting graveyard at the moment. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Sham, that's true. Look, I mean, you know, obviously there are many factors which could unseat this hope that we are obviously approaching the peak now or at the peak, you know, in the third quarter, because obviously July being the first month of the third quarter. But of course, we have seen cheeringly um, two months of fuel price cuts. Now, recall, Lindsay, that was the biggest upward driver of um, inflation. And of course, here we're talking about inflation in South Africa today, CPI inflation in South Africa. And of course, you know, fuel, petrol price increases and diesel price increases were big drivers of the very heady um, rise in inflation itself this year. And now for the last two months, for July and August, we've actually seen cuts and in fact, September, another cut is brewing as well. So that really will remove some of the pressure that we have on inflation to go up. And I said, we'll actually do the opposite. We'll actually start to moderate some of the other pressures. Now that said, um, there is still, of course, a risk of inflation pressures becoming more broader based. And that really means that, you know, if you're operating in a different sector, it might even be recreating entertainment and you find that your input costs are going up, uh, you know, you would then obviously push up your um, prices more, your inflation rate would go up as well. So so there's a broad-based risk, but I think, you know, your, your very large drivers, and that of course has been food and fuel prices, not just for South Africa, but globally as well. You know, the, the fuel prices, I said, coming off and the food price inflation giving, giving good indication that those pressures will start to ease as well. Yes, um, when we just talk about international food prices, for example, the wheat price, which is the uh, sort of poster commodity, which represents the Ukraine-Russia conflict on the edges of, of Europe. Uh, but the um, wheat price has, has come down and now it's starting to creep up again. The same with oil, because I'm looking at my screen now and I see oil, uh, Brent crude oil above $101 a barrel again. And earlier on in the week, it was 92. And the, with the rand above 17, you mentioned food and fuel, but you didn't mention the rand. The rand is a key factor here because we import inflation if the rand is weak, do we not? Yes, absolutely. And of course, you know, the... RAND does reflect risk, the risk environment. I think it's very important to note, Lindsay, that if we look at our domestic currency, not only has it reached parity, uh, sorry, not the domestic currency, if we look at the domestic currency against the dollar, not only has the dollar reached parity against the euro, but in fact, it's actually strengthened a bit beyond the euro. And I don't remember the last time, you know, this this happened for a sustained basis. 21 years ago, actually. 
21, 21 years. years ago. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's actually a very big fundamental shift. I don't think many people you know, recognize it or, or perhaps talk about it, you know, but, it, but it, it's very substantial. And it really means that our exchange rate, if you look at the rand against the dollar, for example, and you compare that to um, against the euro, well, the rands actually now cost more against the dollar than the euro. So we're at 17 to the dollar and 16.88 to the euro. I mean, that's something we haven't seen before <laughs> for a very long time. And, of course, that in turn is very reflective of the extremely risk-averse global environment that we're in. You know, that, that's why the RAND is weakened. The RAND is one of the emerging market currencies, one of the commodity currencies. If your risk levels go up um, because of the fact that you're worried about future global economic growth, you'll find yourself in a situation where commodity currencies suffer and, of course, any type of risk asset. And that includes the portfolio assets of EMs and, of course, equities as well. So that's really what we're seeing in the currency. Now, of course, if we actually have a look at the oil price itself, we know we do need to always bear in mind that oil prices are, of course, very influenced by that of OPEC, you know, that they set the prices. So they're not they're not reflective of markets <clears throat> essentially. Um they do obviously see some fluctuations, but there's also a lot of build that goes in from OPEC quotas to keep oil prices elevated. That said, South Africa is still in line for two Rand thirty five cents per litre cut in the petrol price in September and one Rand fifty six um cent per litre cut in the diesel price, even you know, including these factors we've been talking about now, which means that, um, you know, that there is still some downward pressure on inflation to, to talk to your previous point. I think the bottom line is, you know, wheat price is currently up about 3% on the year. I'm just having a look at Bloomberg's now. Um, of course, your oil price is up 30% on the year. You look at your year-on-year inflation figures and you look at your month-on-month inflation figures. Now, of course, year-on-year is a headline figure. And, you know, the fact that these key commodity prices I'm talking about are are still up on the year does really give you some support to the inflation figures. But, of course, the month-on-month changes also give us this volatility in the inflation figures. So the bottom line is we think CPI inflation will stay above 7% in the third quarter of this year. But um, obviously, we've got the July figure now. We think that in August and September, there are factors in place that could pull it down a bit. But we're not looking for a big fall in inflation. No, not a big fall. I mean, a lot of people I speak to say, well, the US inflation data, for example, has gone from a multi-year peak of 9.1% down to 8.5% last month. And that is definitely the peak and it'll come down to 2.5-3% next year. I think that's a fanciful assumption, uh, personally. The UK, I think City, the giant investment bank, says that UK inflation could go to 18% at some stage in 2023, which again, I think is a little bit bit glamorous uh, a recommendation or rather uh, assumption uh, but on the other hand South Africa yeah it, can it come down to to, to the, the target level again can it come down close to six percent in the next six months do you think Annabelle no I think that might be a bit too optimistic 7.8 percent um, at the moment uh, down to six percent doesn't seem good. doesn't seem too outrageous but um, if the oil price and the rand if the rand keeps weakening and the oil price keeps rising and maybe there's a spike in commodity prices again then maybe we go we go back up to a new peak but anyway you've got some stats for us 
Yes, yes. Well, that's exactly right. There's, you know, there's this huge volatility risk. And I think that's the key point. You know, while we might have had the peak in July, we might not have. But uh, to, talking to your point about 6%, look, I don't think we're going to reach it this year. We've got 6.8% as the possibly lowest we might see by December. January, we hop back up to 7.1. And in fact, only really by um, June next year do we actually, you know, May, June, do we start to get below 6% or even, you know, near six, the, the actual 6% figure itself. And then really only about August next year would, would we actually expect it to see about 4.5%. Of course, base effect being quite key here. Nevertheless, the Reserve Bank's not so... Um, happy with inflation at 6%. They actually prefer it to be 4.5% in South Africa. So even reaching 6% will not be good enough for them. They would likely want to see inflation expectations anchored around 4.5%. The inflation rate itself looking quite solidly, um, uh, you know, calming certainly to 4.5%, but looking quite solid around that area as well. So I don't think we're going to see um, inflation below 6% this year. And I think, you know, as I said earlier, we have likely see inflation above 7% in the third quarter of this year. And then really for the um, fourth quarter of this year, you know, again, um, October, November could see above 7% in December, just maybe 6.8. I think that's that's a very middle of the road um, view, but also it is um, a slightly optimistic view because, as you said, it, it doesn't include one where we get huge to- turmoil again coming through from risk off, you know, negative impact on the inflation figures from a substantially weaker rand coming through from, you know, elevated oil price. All of those remain a very, very big risk. And I think what we could depend on for the rest of this year is high volatility. Yes, high volatility levels. You talk about maybe a 50 basis point or half a percent rise in interest rates at the next Saab meeting, South African Reserve Bank meeting, which I think is in it's September, isn't it? Yeah, mid-September, Annabelle. So you're not going for the 75 basis points, which many commentators are putting forward at the moment. Well, you know, we did have a look at the Fed fund futures and there's quite a few good reasons why we might see a 50 instead of a 75 basis point hike in the U.S., at its next FOMC meeting. That's, of course, its monetary policy meeting. And that's really as a consequence of the fact that they obviously are seeing their economy slow quite significantly. They obviously want to see that translated through into some moderation in their inflationary pressures, broad-based moderation as well. I think the jury's still out where we actually get a 75 or a um, 25 basis point move, either from or from both, from the Reserve Bank in South Africa and, of course, from the FOMC as well. The um, Fed Fund futures I was talking about earlier, that they actually see about only about a 65 basis point move. So, you know, it's, 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 it's not factoring fully in 75, but seeing more than 50 as well. But there's this uncertainty in the markets, and I think you know, the door is still open for, for, for the FOMC to move either way. They meet on the 21st of September, our Reserve Bank on the 22nd of September. So we can dovetail quite well with the Reserve Bank. Whatever they move by, we likely to see happen in South Africa as well. But we've also got uh, Jackson Hole this weekend, haven't we? I think it starts on Thursday, mm-hmm. which is tomorrow, and then it goes on on Friday. And maybe even a few sessions on Saturday morning, Jackson Hole being the meeting of all the giant brains of, of central bankers. Uh, Secha Kanyago will presumably be there, Annabelle. I think I think that's going to be a very key series of meetings to try and understand, and obviously that'll give us a good steer potentially. The bottom line, however, and the Fed has said this before many times, they don't necessarily want the markets to know exactly which way they're going to move in terms of interest rates. They do want there to be a degree of uncertainty, so we might not get that conclusive um, evidence that we're looking for to decide which way the Fed's going to move, and therefore the repo rate in South Africa at our next monetary policy meeting as well. But I think nevertheless they will give us a steer. You know that the bottom line is that they do 
obviously look at evolving economic um, situations. And of course, you know, the latest set of FOMT minutes we had was for July, and that was very hawkish, mm. but also did talk about the weakness of the economy in the US. And of course, markets didn't like it because it sounded like the Federal Open Market Committee was um, not that concerned about weakening economic growth. You know, there's still concerns about recession globally or substantial slowdowns, and they still remain very focused on inflation. But as I said, it was it was very much a reflection of their views in July and not, of course, what their views would be in September. So things do move on. And of course, we get a lot of evidence weighing towards the weaker economy and slowing inflation that, that might, you know, stay their hand to, towards 15 instead of 75. Very, very difficult job juggling acts uh, all over the place for central banks, whether it be in the um, Chinese um, central bank or um, the US or even South Africa. All sorts of different push and pull factors. Annabel, thank you very much for your analysis. That's Annabel Bishop, who's the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.